0: Welcome back to Philly. Thank you. This is a little takeoff podcast. So we appreciate do you doing it. this. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to ask you what it's like, because you did get more than the 5% to sp- stay on that Hall of Fame ballot. 9.4%, right? Uh, Yeah. Do you keep track of all this? like the-
1: You know what? I looked yesterday before the ballot came out. And then obviously uh, when they did the whole election thing, they showed the numbers at the end. So... I think it was 9.4%. So, I mean, it, it wasn't surprising I wasn't getting in. So, I was just watching to see who did because I was afraid that no one was going to get in. You never want to be in a class of no one getting in. So, uh, it was nice to see that David got in and we have at least one representative uh, for my initial uh, time being on a Hall of Fame ballot.
0: Yeah, and, and you said, hey, this is great. This is what. I really, it would be an honor just to get on the ballot again. So now you're going to get into that cycle here and you could be on the ballot a bunch of years. Uh, Do you think you are a Hall of Famer?
1: Uh, I think so, but it doesn't matter what I think. The writers have to agree 75%. And you know how tough it is to get 75% of anybody uh, or a group of people to do anything. In America. Um, So, right, (laughs) tell me about it. Shoot, that's 50-50 at best. Um, So uh, it's nice to be on again. I uh, spoke with Ken Rosenthal before on, on I think, his podcast. told him the same thing. That would be nice just to make sure you're on air and then you get more consideration. They can look deeper into the numbers, uh, compare you to whoever they need to compare you to, and hopefully the numbers go up. We see what happened with Scotty Rowland, who was here when I first got here. And, uh, you know, he's trending well. So I'm happy for him. Um, and we have a couple heavyweights. You no know, controversial uh, figures coming off. So that'll um, help improve, I'm sure, his chances of hopefully getting in next year.
0: Yeah, I've always found it interesting. It's like, okay, how come a guy is a Hall of Famer in his seventh year of right. eligibility in the ballot, but he's not in the first or second year?
1: Right, that's, and you know what, I'm not a writer, but if I'm looking at it, you know, through their eyes, uh, there are, you know, a number of guys on there. And there are some guys that they're just not gonna vote for, period. You know, you get 10, get the elect 10 people. You might only get three or four people that you like. Um, and that's to make sure, as they say, it's kind of like MVP voting, that you don't want to take votes away from guys or a guy that you feel should be you know, first or second in that category. So when you look at it that way, um, they say, you have time. You know, Some guys, for sure, look, we're just going to get a man. There's no need to waste time. Yeah. Some guys, they want to evaluate, because that's, that's what they do. It's, it's all objective um, to their opinion. They want to look at your character. Well, you look at character of a lot of players in the Hall of Fame, then in that case, how does that clause actually work out for you?
0: Might have to do a little cancel culture with the Hall well, of Fame
1: sometimes. Well, you said it. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, the criteria is, is all, you know, subject to someone's opinion. Some guys are going to use analytics uh, as far as, you know, getting you in. Um, some people are going to look at the body of work, uh, the impact things that don't show up um, in an analytic department and then compare you to you know people who are in there and at the end of the day they get to have their opinion they get the right uh, or make, make that vote and that's and that's their right too. so uh i've always said it you know bo told me maybe my year two second year, years like hey you know not making hall of fame is not a bad thing it doesn't mean you didn't have one hell of a career and i was like that's a pretty good point larry and after that, you know, it, not that I was ever obsessed with, I've never been obsessed with it, but I think he was trying to, you know, like, I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to go out there and be compared to the best and hopefully one day be honored with, uh, you know, an election to the Hall of Fame? Why wouldn't I? Well, that's like going out there not trying to win. That's how right. I looked at it.
0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. So when you have the all-time hit king in baseball, Pete Rose, Mm -hmm. and the all-time home run leader, Barry Bonds, and the guy who's won the most Cy Youngs, Roger Clemens, None of them are in. Right. Do you think that those guys, and you can separate them, should be in the Hall of Fame?
1: I think they should be. Um, Did they contribute to baseball? Yes. Did those guys help bring baseball back? Uh, Were there kids out there, you know, trying to be the Rocket, trying to be uh, Pete Rose back in the day, you know, with the little flap leaning over the plate and being Charlie Hustle? Yeah, those guys should be in. They contributed something to the game. But, you know, the other side is there were laws. There were rules that were broken. And we all know what they are. They're presented to us in spring training, things that you can and can't do. Uh, betting, you know, is the cardinal sin, obviously. Um, and then after that, would be, would be cheating. Definitely. But you can have a separate section for them. They have done things that are amazing in this game. Um, did they get help? Yeah, they got help. People get help in a lot of aspects of life carve out a special section, these guys are Hall of Famers, have an asterisk, but honor them, honor their body of work.
0: about Ryan Howard? Uh, he is now not gonna be eligible. He's right. not getting on the ballot again. You know, you look at what he did and maybe it wasn't for the extended period of time sometimes they look at, but I remember it was him and Albert Pujols in right. baseball hitting home runs and knocking in runs. And is there any bigger thing in baseball than knocking in nope. runs in production?
1: Nope, and, 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 and here's the funny part. It's, it's almost like to be a Hall of Famer, you have to be a good hitter. The other side of the ball, you know, is discounted. So if you, you know, take Ryan's other side of the ball because, you know, he wasn't a goat glove first baseman. I love him to death. You know, you <laughs> drop balls right in in his, in his palm and look at what he did. He was definitely on pace to be a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, some injuries got in the way and, being the type of hitter he was or being a good hitter, especially power hitter, you have to be able to use your legs. Knee problems led to the Achilles, et cetera, and he just couldn't sustain, you know, what he was able to do early in his career when he was able to sit back and be on his legs. Had he not got injured, I'd, I'd say for sure, because that's, you talked about Ryan, you talked about Albert. And yes, were there other guys? Obviously, Barry and those guys were at the end of their career and they were, you know, kind of just passing it down to the next set of home run Kings. Miguel Cabrera is another one you could put in there. But you couldn't talk about Major League Baseball and Powerheaders without talking about Ryan Howard for certain.
0: How many Hall of Famers do you feel were on that World Series team? That you um, probably two. And who are they?
1: One being Chase Utley, and the other being the guy talking.
0: Right in front of me. Whoa. <laughs> See, I love this confidence because... I remember you brought that to Philly because we had a team here in Philly that yep. was kind of getting there, yep. but then you said, we're the team to beat. So I like this confidence once again. You believe you're a Hall of Famer.
1: I do. I do. I've, since a kid, I've known about it. Uh, I remember watching, you know, solo the game on HBO, talking about the Negro Leagues and a lot of guys that didn't get an opportunity to play major league baseball. And, you know, all those things uh, inspired me. Um, had, you know, a lot of the black players been able to play, how many more of those guys would have been in Hall of Fame? So uh, when I look at it, you know, I look at the legacy of uh, the plight of black players in baseball or in sports and really in this country, um, that's the reason why, you know, I've always strived to be great because there are many that came before me that didn't have that opportunity. So, you know, getting in would also mean I got in for them also, for the guys that came before me. It's honoring them also.
0: So, are you projecting that you're going to have to wait a bunch of years?
1: Oh, I, shoot. I have no idea. I know you get 10. Um, you know, I got 9.4% it was this year. And, you know, with guys coming off, there have been new guys coming on. And as they look into the numbers, look to the body of work, they'll make that decision. And if I get in, I'll see you in Cooperstown. If not, then I'll see you out center field
0: at of Citizens Bank Park. Nice. How about that? So it's interesting because in Phillies history, we've seen those numbers that are retired out mm-hmm. there. And it, it was policy. You had to be in baseball's Hall of Fame Correct. to have your number retired. But yeah. I'm looking at this World Series team and the era that you had. It's probably the greatest era in Phillies history. All the division titles, two World Series appearances. Mm-hmm. How are they going to decide what to do with this?
1: That is a great question. And... Um, you know, I have John's number. Maybe I'll sh- shoot John text like J. Mid was having, um, you know, we got to talk about this.
0: Every day, just send your number. You know, to that's him, it. Yeah.
1: That's it. 11, right. 26, 6, 51, 35. Throw the flying Hawaiian in there, eight. You know, we might want to put them numbers on the wall.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and let guys get their day because what we were able to accomplish here um, was special. We knew we had a good team. I think we just needed that boost of confidence Um, and I came out and said it. It's not that we didn't think about it, it's not that we didn't talk about it. Those things, you know, publicly are, you know, looked down upon. Why would you say that? Why would you put that much pressure or you're bragging or you like, you're going to be somebody's bulletin board material anyway. That team out there, they're trying to knock your heads off. So somebody's got to win and usually the team with the most heart, the most hustle, and the most confidence not always the best talent or not that we weren't talented but the team with the most talent doesn't always win you got to have those intangibles that when you look across and you look that guy in his eye he knows he's already lost
0: yeah as a dad do you kind of try to instill that in your kids because it's like you have to realize that you can be great and, and get it into your mind to be great right
1: yes um it's it's, it's a little trickier um I have three daughters, and you know, I grew up. My brother, myself, my sister was nine years apart, so it was a household full of full of boys. Um, you had that testosterone, that energy, and it was okay to be aggressive. Uh, my daughters, you know, they're, they're built on more the emotional side, so I have to learn to tap into that, like how to reach them in that way, because I know it's going to have uh, a greater impact. And there are plenty of eyes being rolled and heads being turned, like I'm not listening, Daddy. And it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. And I just try to figure out what works and, you know, get them to smile. But, yes, I do instill that confidence in them. I would say the baby, Bree, she, I mean, she came out the womb with confidence. She's you. I mean, she's, she's more than me. <laughs> I mean, and, she, and she's so coordinated. She's probably the best athlete best singer best dancer it's just it's just amazing to watch her do what she does like she looks at her sister her older sister cameron who's a dancer and breezing dance also but she'll look at her five ten minutes watch routine and like okay i got it and just perfect it and she knows it with so much confidence And and i do say i'm like is this what i was like like it was just something in me that said i'm going to be good i'm going to be great and nothing's going to get in my way uh logan who's the middle child. She's the middle child. Sometimes yeah. she's the big sister to Bree or She's the little sister to Cam. Uh, she loves the physical aspect of things. She likes, she likes soccer. It's okay, but she loves basketball because she gets to use her hand and push people. She loves watching football, going to football games. She said, Daddy, I like it because they get to tackle one another.
0: Contact sports. She, she loves it. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm like, So we have to figure out what it is that makes you move because she loves being on an iPad. She loves math, engineering, those type of things, uh, coding in school, but she also loves contact sports. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. And then Cameron, she's the dancer, and she is, I mean, long limbs, a perfectionist like me in that sense, like behind the scenes, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, so when I'm getting when I'm in front of the camera, when I'm in front of a crowd, it looks like it's effortless. Yeah. Like it, he was born with it, like, or she was born with it. Now, it's a lot of failure behind that, that you don't get to see. So when I come out here, it looks like magic. And, you know, she has a lot of me in that sense also. So they have it, um, I do instill it, but, you know, it's, it's not the same way that may have had a boy, you know, and right. teach them how to be more aggressive uh, in certain ways. So it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. Because, like I said, they will roll their eyes and they will shut their door and say, this is my room. And I'm like, wow, I paid for the house, but OK. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of fun every single day. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking forward to see what they grow up and, and, and they're like. I
0: love seeing you light up when you talk about
1: your kids. <laughs>
0: How about this Phillies team now? I'm thinking they kind of need some of that extra oomph to get them over the top. Because you've got a lot of guys on this team. Nobody has really been to a World Series on this team. Nobody's really won. Some of the guys haven't even been to the playoffs, right. like Gene Segura, JT Real Muto, and Bryce has you know, been in a round in the playoffs. But yep. do you think that that's what's missing? Do they need that somebody to be added to the mix to get them over the hump?
1: I thought that uh, last year, um, shooting year before that, they've, they've had or they have the talent. Um, I'm not sure who is the leader out there, Um, you know, we hear a lot about JT. Obviously, I don't know what he's like in a clubhouse. So um, Bryce, you know, being the highest paid player, that puts you in a light, but that person that comes out and you don't have to say we're the team to beat, but that person that comes out and makes a statement and he puts his team on alert, that's what's needed. You need to face that pressure. You're playing in Philadelphia. You're already under pressure, scrutiny, anywhere on the East Coast for that matter. But who's going to come out and basically put the cape on and be like, I'm going to take all the bullets. I'm going to take all the punches. I'll take all the criticism. And you guys just go out there and play. Let me answer the questions. Who's going to to be that? And, you know, we're not talking about getting mad in the clubhouse, mad in the dugout, Um, not only just, you know, showing grit on the field, but who's going to be that spokesperson for the team? Somebody has to tell the team which direction we're going. And, you know, for me, it was, it, was, it was just the way it happened. You know, I was speaking my truth, and, you know, media got a hold of, especially New York, and they loved it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not bagging down, because I meant every word of it. Who's gonna be that person with conviction that's gonna grab this team and say, this is where we're going? I think that's the only thing that's needed. It's not the player, it's not the talent, it's just who's gonna tell us what to do. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
0: that it would be 10 years of no playoffs. 10 years is a long time in life.
1: Yeah. Um, it Yeah, it is. And the sports is not. When you are franchise, you're going to be around <laughs> for hundreds. Yeah. Um, that long? No. You always know it's going to be a drought. It's hard to follow up, you know, um, what we're able to accomplish um, unless you're stacked in the minor leagues. And when you're winning, you're getting lower drafts. And you're probably going to, not make as many trades because what you have at the top is a winning formula. Um, So I expected a fall off. I didn't think it would be this long just to get to the playoffs, especially, you know, in positions that they've been in coming into September, a game or two or three ahead or a game or two or three behind, knowing that a good week is all you need. Uh, But unfortunately, it's the way it is. And I think, like I said, it's just who's going to grab that team. It can't be a manager. Can't be the GM. Can't be the president of baseball ops. Who in the clubhouse is going to tell that team this is what we're doing, and you know, and live up to it, back it up.
0: In the shortened season, the Phillies were top five hitting, pitching, everything, but the bullpen was one of the worst in history yes. last year. Bullpen issues. Yeah. What is it like when you know you have the pieces, but you're losing games late? Right. How deflating can that be, and how can they correct this?
1: It's it's very, and you know. I'll, I'll never cross that line of knowing what it's like to pitch. You know, we, we had our we had the pitchers, and then you had everybody else. So it was like the baseball players and you guys. Um, <laughs> it's like football players
0: and kickers? Right. Or no? Yeah, no it's, it's that that almost, much? But, almost, okay.
1: but, you know, pitchers are always more important because they're used every day, Um for big situations, you could right. be a kicker, and you're just kicking extra points because your team is that good. Well, you could kick you know? like this
0: past weekend, get your team to the that, title game, or that, and yeah. that's
1: and that's when that middle inning guy is—he's right. like the kicker. Like, bro, we just need you to hold. We need this hold right here, right. And, and we'll pick it up. And he comes in and gives up six runs. Now he's the worst, but he gets that hold. It's like, okay, he did his job, and he gives us a chance. That's yeah. that's how that's how it is. But yeah, that bullpen is um. It's been a, it's been a travesty, um, you know, the ERAs, the blown saves. And you look at the years, the last couple of years, if you just cut those blown saves in half, they probably won a division by three or four games. Right. So how do you fix that? Some who's going to be in that bullpen and say, this is this is how you close games. This is how you get the hold. Who's going to you know, be responsible? Um, and it's not a lack of effort. It's definitely not a, a lack of, of skill. I think it's a, it's a mindset, you know, a confidence thing that, man, they gave it up, he, such and such, or these guys gave it up last night, it's my turn, I hope I don't do it tonight. And you start thinking that way, I hope that I don't, instead of saying, I know I'm going to shut it down. I know I'm getting this hold. If I get this hold, we get this win. That feeds down every step of the way, or feed up every step of the way.
0: You know, Philly misses the juice that Citizens Bank Park had every day when you were playing. Give me an idea. I know you won the World Series, of course. Give mm-hmm. me an idea of the goosebump moments where you literally, in Citizens Bank Park, moments you were involved in, you, you had goosebumps so you could see the hair standing up on your body. Um,
1: there were probably two that really stand out. Um, and the funny part is, it was... And it was probably less to do with the crowd, just the situation. We are playing the Mets. And it was like a Monday night game, or maybe one of the only games on. And you we know, were playing the Mets. And you just start hearing the USA chant. Sunday and it's night like, baseball. Sunday night. And it's like, yeah. this makes no sense. What's going on? And we're, we're on defense. So I'm seeing what's happening. I'm looking at the scoreboard. I'm like, somebody fight? I don't know. It just didn't make sense. And then you start to, And it's funny how you're playing defense. And you can start hearing whispers. And it's like, something must have happened in this big because there's no way in the world people are chanting USA. No one's even, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. No one's even worried about the game. And so now it's like, please get these three outs because I need to see what's going on, um, you know, what's happening. Right. We get the outs, run inside, and it's like, I'm still, that's crazy, I'm getting chills now. Run inside. I, I and, am it's, too. and this is like, yo, did you know this was going on? It, you know, it was just, you know, just a, a secret US mission and, you know, being, In my rookie year in 2001, when they knocked down the Towers, it was like closing that chapter, like finally, after all this time, I'm glad we didn't give up on that, that we said we were going to get you, and we did. And it was just like, yes. And you know, it's this sense of pride, like we did it. We got them. You can't curse right now, but you know, we got these. And it was like, wow. And you know, at the ballpark, playing the Mets and just the whole situation. It, it, even now, it's still kind of foggy, like almost like a movie. That would that, that, be a great scene for a movie. Yes. Do you know what the score was? I have no Wasn't idea. Wasn't it was, eleven no to nine idea.
0: or not? It was. I have. There there there's something with no 9-11. I mean, and, and what and a that'd great. That'd be sick. And everybody in Philadelphia is together in the ballpark, yeah. and you start to see because that was when like Twitter and some things yeah, were first exactly. coming Yeah, exactly. It was and just people, like, and, that's, and that's what you see yeah. and, you
1: can, and so it was just that, it was a state of confusion. And, you know, you start putting things together, but you have to watch Mr. Murphy at the plate, who will slap the ball to left field. You got a Um, job to do. I I still have a job to do, for sure. And I would say the second time was the end of 2007, game 162. Um, You know, we have to win to get in. Mets game started, what, 20 minutes before hours or so. And we're in a clubhouse, and we're watching the score was like, oh shoot! But it's still early, you know. But it's like, hey, they're doing their job. We have to do ours.
0: Got up to like eight nothing, right? It, it, it was
1: like five. I, I don't know. It was five nothing by the time I came out the clubhouse. Um, so I didn't want to get too happy. So I started walking to the clubhouse. Like I've never gone to the field out, out to the field this early, but I'm going to go out to the field this early. And now I look at the scoreboard, and it's like three or four. I'm like, oh shoot! And the energy of the crowd—they're watching the scoreboard. And you can feel the excitement in the air, and you're looking, we're all looking at each other, and it's like it's happening, yeah. it's happening, it's happening. And so now I became laser focused on what my job was that day. Like they are doing what we have prayed for, they're coming out, and we're looking at Tom Glavin like against, against the Marlins, who have nothing to play for, except for they almost got into a fight the night before with the Marlins. Mets, why would you do that? Why <laughs> right. would you wake up? These guys are trying to swing and go to vacation, right. but you want to get into a fight with them? I was like, perfect. And you run out there, you come out the dugout, the crowd is going crazy because they look the scoreboard. Then I start seeing the red and white pinstripes come out the dugout to go warm up. And it was like it took it to another level, the excitement for that. Them looking at us like, you know what time it is. You know what you have to do. and you just and, and it was just running out to the crowd looking at the scoreboard, trying not to look at the scoreboard like, man, nope, focus, focus on your job. Because if they lose and we lose, then we're out because they won the season series. So yeah. do your job. First at bat, getting a hit. Um, still in second, still in third, Chase drove me in. I was like, here we go. Brett Myers, 3-2 curveball to yeah. it, Bully Mo Pena, glove in the air, bro. I mean, and, and the next year, obviously, the World Series, yeah. but the World Series is its own thing, so we don't even count that, but just finally getting that monkey off of our back. Like, we made it to the playoffs. And what was said in the beginning of the season, we made come true, that we won the division this year. And those moments, just like, you have you have to actually be there. It's, it's hard to explain. I remember it. You, you have to be in that yeah, moment yeah. to really feel that energy. And I mean, it's, it's it's like a high. Like we could have played 40 innings that day before we thought, you know what, this game is pretty long. You know, that that's how much energy it, it was going through that ballpark and through the clubhouse.
0: Didn't you hit a pretty big triple in that game? Am I right?
1: Yeah, I mean that cool. part is cool too. Don't get don't um, get me that, wrong. I, that, I honestly <laughs> had goosebumps in that, that moment because it was that, like
0: everything came into place and you got to where you wanted yeah, to go. 20? Twenty?
1: Twenty. Yeah. That that was that was twenty. Yeah. And uh I guess in the moment I'd say I wasn't even thinking about that. It was it was the pregame, yeah. the crowd, what you felt, and then that last pitch for that three two curveball, 0-2 curveball to Willie Moe, um, and it was it was just electric.
0: Couple final questions. Um, yeah. You and Chase Utley, mm-hmm. more games together as a double play combo than any other teammates in National League history. Yeah, that is amazing. And I think you guys couldn't be more different. <laughs> like, okay, so I was that, talking that, to a couple guys true. today. This is true. They said, oh, Chase Sutley would come in at one o'clock every day. studying." film. Jimmy would come in right before warm-ups. And they said they have never seen somebody get dressed quicker. All of a sudden, it's like he went into a phone booth. Right. And you're out there for warm-ups. Like, he just came in. Yep. And then personality-wise. Yep. So how wild is that, you two together? You know what?
1: The, the one common... Thing. Well, we have we have probably more than one thing in common, but the one um, common thing was the focus on doing things right. The focus on doing whatever it took to win that day. And for him, his routine was getting in early, um, you know, looking at pictures, meeting with Kevin, breaking down um, counts, situations, trying to figure out the signs. Um, when you got on base so we can relay if if guys like that. And for me, I could do all that after batting practice. You know, if I got to the field too early, I sat in my clothes until it was four minutes before a stretch, like, you know what? It's time to get ready now. Once I put on my uniform, I was ready to go. I didn't like getting dressed. I felt like I was burning energy because I'm in my uniform. Once I put it on, it's signaling, signaling to me that it's time to go play. Right. So I took as much time as I could because when I got there, everything was going into that night. And then tomorrow I have to reset. So I have to wait until it's time to go. Cause when it's time to go, it's, it's, it's time to go. You focus, you lock in, do all my work, um, do all my studying, meet up with Kev, see, see what the work that he's done. And I'm looking at the sequencing also. All right, you guys did it. I agree, we're good to go. Then when the game starts, obviously if you make in game changes, you did that. But for Chase, it was opposite. He wanted to do it as early as possible and sit with it and come in, sometimes come in, hey, come check this out, come check this out, this is what we got. And it's like, cool. So it was like, well, he would do a lot of the work for, for himself, he'd do a lot of work for everybody else also. And that's, that was just the dynamics of it. And you know, uh, prior you know, to that new generation, I played with Bobby Abreu. And that's how I watched him do it. He came in smooth, suave. You know, chill, hey, Poppy, It's uh, J-Roll, come here, man. And we sit there, we talk about baseball. And it's like, oh, we got to go stretch. And actually, that time, it wasn't stretching. We have to go hit in five minutes. So all you have to do was be ready for your group to hit in. You stretched on your own. Then when they brought in, you know, uh, when Charlie came over, you had stretch times. So it's like, I'm not used to this. I'm only three, four, four, actually four years in. I'm used to coming in, my group's going to hit at four. As long as I'm there by 3.45 and make it to the cage at four, they trust me to do everything else. So I never, it's kind of like, th- that was the way I was brought up. That's where I was taught. So I never, you know, walked away from that. I would make the stretch, but it was literally just enough time to get stretched. Now when I put my uniform on, now I'm ready to go. Well, kinda. It was after stretch cause I might have my belt, loose ice cream sandwich, banana, whatever in my hand while we're stretching, which made everybody laugh because <laughs> they'd be like, man, I lost my bed again. Jason Worth, Actually came up to me one day. He's like, "Man, I just lost three hundred dollars on you." I'm like, "Jada, you know the better. You know better." He's like, "I walked out the clubhouse with three minutes. You weren't even in the clubhouse." I'm like, "But you know, you don't do that. I might not be in the clubhouse, but I'm looking. All right, I got a minute and a half. That's about enough time for me to put everything on, grab a sandwich, get to the field while we're still doing the knees up. So it, it was just, it was just the way I tick.
0: I love the fact that you guys." We're together because Chase didn't say much, at least us, or publicly, right. but you brought the swagger and the fun yep, and uh, the confidence. So, I mean, that's that's historic what you guys did in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it was a great time. We had a great group of guys. Um, we all pulled in the same direction. We understood the heartbeat of the city. We understood the fans. We understood uh, the organization. And as they say in, in the social world, we understood the assignment. I like that.
0: And how about this? We're sitting here in Reset by Therabody. Yes. And uh, I thought of you because later in your career, I remember you saying, I got to start doing some yoga. And I
1: did. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As you get a little older, you got to take care of your body. Yeah. You
1: have to take care of your body. And, you know, I got to walk through the facility um, here at Reset. And I wish we had this. And, you know, with the technology of today, uh, nutrition, um, the awareness of, you know, being healthy, not just fit and looking good with beach bodies, like being internally healthy um, athletes are playing longer uh, for longer periods of time. At their peaks um, seems like they're defying uh, father time and their or, or mother nature. And Tom
0: Brady's older than you, right?
1: Tom Brady's older than I am. And look at him and, and he gets hit by yeah. like Chase, <laughs> uh, but they're able to take advantage you know, of the technology that's out there to keep their body in, in, in peak performance, to keep it in that zone where they know, you know exactly what the numbers are. If I stay in between this, I should be able to get this output, this um, return on my investment. So uh, some of the technology they have in here I hadn't heard of. Some I have. I have a Theragun at home. Um, I've used it on myself. I've had the trainers uh, use the products on me. I just wish we had it, but you know what? I'm take advantage of it today. <laughs> <laughs> to keep up with your girls. I mean, got to, got to, you know, I can't tell about daddy looks pregnant anymore.
0: <laughs> so how did your routine, I mean, I think when you first came into baseball, was there still beer in the clubhouse? Was there still kind of that? Yes. Hey, let's go out, let's get after it. Yes. How, how have things changed over that time and what's your routine now?
1: So it's funny, 2000, I started 2000, when I first came up 2000 through 06, I mean, it was whatever you wanted in the clubhouse. Ice cream cones, ice cream sandwiches, candy, Outback Steakhouse, beer, um, hard alcohol, spirits, whatever. All that was in the clubhouse. And it was just the way baseball was. Hot dogs, nachos, Philly cheesesteaks, all that. If you want it, you got it. Then starting in 07, um, they started really you know dialing in nutrition and I was probably for sure that year you know the biggest benefactor of it uh, learning about how certain foods affect my body if I'm going to eat them it's okay but eat them at these time periods and I started paying attention to what I ate and how I felt Um, and I noticed dairy cheese you know hour after I ate it I wanted to take a nap I felt sluggish You know, my vision wasn't clear and it was like the first couple innings of a game i would always be i'd be squinting and then later in the game i'm back and it was like i was always performing better later in the games once i started paying attention you know just to to that itself just that one thing i cut that out my diet and my sharpness mental focus was there all the time learning about sustainable foods that give you energy without crashing yeah learning about, you know, sugar um, um, sugar versus artificial sweeteners, learning about coffee versus tea, just little things. I'm like,
0: wow, revelation. man,
1: huh? and who knew? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to eat, you know, a burger and some fries because I'm going to get the carbs. I'm going to get the protein. I'm going to be strong. Yeah, but it's sitting in my stomach when right. I'm trying to go perform. And so my blood can't get to my extremities because it's trying to get in there and digest everything I just ate. Wow. Really? That's <laughs> All right, well, whatever. Okay. Well, what about, you know, what about the, the the smothered chicken with cheese that you get from Outback or the steaks with No, nah, that's that's not good for you. That's so you're going to put that in your body to help you recuperate from the game today and get ready for tomorrow's game. You're going to do that every night. Like, yeah, cuz that's what No, nah, that's that that's not what you should be doing. So once I learned about nutrition, I've known about it, but I didn't pay attention to it. I'm young, I look good, going out there and playing, living living the American dream. Yeah, but you're not at your peak. You're not at your peak. You have short periods as opposed to sustained periods. And then, you know, rehab treatments or look, put some ice on it, take a Tylenol, tape it up, stretch, get out of here. We do not have, you know, a place like this where you can actually go get treatment and understand what's happening and why it works and how can I incorporate this into my everyday routine? How can we as an organization incorporate this into our clubhouse so the players benefit to keep us healthy on the field? Because without that, uh, the product isn't as good. So we're on the field. We can play. We can play longer at our peak periods. you're probably going to find yourself in a very good winning situation for a number of years. And if you look at us as an, as a team, seven was a year we changed everything took all the bad stuff out the clubhouse and people, you know, were upset about it for a little while, but then they started noticing how we didn't have as many injuries, how we were fresher, apparently fresher than other teams. And I'm sure they still do that today, but for us, it literally started w- with nutrition, and I'll never not say that. I'll never deny that. Nope, we changed nutrition. I know how I felt. I'm looking at everybody else. Upset about it or not, we followed, we, we, we stuck to the rules, and, man, we went on a run.
0: And it's all about recovery, right? I yes. mean, 162 plus spring training plus yes. World Series. If you're going to the World Series, yes. five straight years division titles, that could be a half a season added on. So, yes. so recovery and this you know, reset by Therabody, that very much helps with recovery?
1: Oh, it definitely does. Um, Being able to take advantage of a cryo chamber. Do you know how much nicer that is than the ice bath? You walk in, three minutes, you're done. You put on your clothes. And if you've never done it, it's like you walk out and it's like you're thawing out as you're moving around. And I just love that feeling like I know my body because I can feel it. The cells are just like, yes, yes, we're healing. (laughs) You know, we're fresh. You know, you're know, you pumping new blood back, or fresh new cells back through your system. So to be able to have that technology, and, all, and some of it we didn't have because you know, we fought for it. And they're like, no, it was expensive at the time. And we, we didn't understand the benefits of it. I went outside the tribe. I said all the time, went outside the tribe and I found the alternative in, in that world, the alternative uh, stuff, and that was you know, the newer technology, learning about the guns and the massage tools learning about crowd chambers, learning about infrared lights uh, and the blue lights, um, all those things that after, I, after the injury and I think it was 08 when I tore my calf, I, I had to go outside because I understood that tape, uh, Tylenol, and if you have a labrum, I have a calf, somebody has an oblique, that we should not be doing the same type of treatment. It, it should be specific to the injury, but also how am I helping the body heal? Because that's the weak point, obviously, let's understand the chain and where the chain breaks down. So we take this, the stress load off of the point that gave out because that's, that's why that was loading up more than it should have, because something else wasn't doing what it's supposed to do. So I was able to learn that. And um, I wish I had learned it earlier. I would, love it. I would love to be playing in this day with this stuff. Uh, understand that it's only going to get better. Uh, the more we learn about the human body, um, recovery, injuries, et cetera. So it's, it's great. I hope that guys and not even athletes, just normal people in life that want to, you know, self-care and take care of themselves so that they feel better, that they can go and continue to do the things that they love in life and take advantage of. And here at Reset, man, like this, this is sick. I'm, I'm excited to go to the treatments. I'm looking forward to it. And like I so said, I wish. That it was here when I was playing. Or I wish I was playing today, so I can take advantage of a place like this.
0: You look good. Not too much of a dad body. You know, good. I've been working on it. <laughs> and I got on big clothes. Yeah, there you go. That's the key. <laughs> That's <a> key. <laughs> hey, uh, wish you the best with the Hall of Fame. fame. Thank, Thank but you. But no matter what, you're a pretty damn good Major League Baseball player, and Appreciate had an incredible it. career here in Philly. And hopefully someday we'll see that number retired out hopefully. there. Hopefully, citizens bank. Hopefully. Jimmy, thanks a lot. Oh, thanks, JC. So